Acts chapter 13, 40 through 43. If you're there, say amen. Beginning in verse 40. These first two verses I ended with last Sunday. We're going to be pick back up with them and, and begin with them today. And we're going to go through 43. <laughs> verse 40. Beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish. For I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. May God's blessings be upon His Word. You may be seated. Last week we looked at the sermon of Paul. And we're talking about the end of the sermon and the effects that it had on the people that were there this morning. The amazing thing to me is that Paul and Barnabas continue to preach to Jews. Even though they know that they are called to the Gentiles, they also know that the gospel is supposed to go to the Jews first. With that being said, they also know that the Jews are very ornery and very rebellious. Killing the prophets, killing the fathers that went before. Nevertheless, Paul and Barnabas continue to go and to preach and they stop at the Jews. And they're in the same place where we were at last week. Uh, if you go over there in chapter 13, you see where they are in Antioch in Poseidon. That's chapter four, or verse 14. Antioch and Poseidon. That's where they're at. And so this is the end of his sermon. And some things are about to take place in these next few verses. They're about to take place. They're preaching to the Jews. And the Jews are fixing to have the gospel message removed from them and they don't even know it. This is a pretty, pretty important time in biblical history. Because what's fixing to take place is that Paul and Barnabas, these preachers to the Gentiles, they're fixing to remove themselves from the Jews and go to the Gentiles. The Jewish people don't know that. They don't know that the message is fixing to be sent to the Gentiles. They don't know that Paul and Barnabas are literally fixing to shake it off. Right off their shoulders. And they're going to move on. After all, Paul was called to be a light to the Gentiles. The Jews rejected the prophets as a whole. They rejected Jesus as a majority. The teaching and preaching of the apostles is rejected. And the consequences of that 
in a Roman-ruled world is absolutely catastrophic and deadly on their part. 70 AD is on the rise. They don't know it. Impending judgment, like of the which they have never seen before, is creeping in on them and they don't know it. The Jewish people, those in Jerusalem, those that were Jews as a whole, were first fixing to be persecuted of the likes they had never seen before. And I'm not going to get into what happened in 70 AD and how actually how bad it was. But I want us to understand that impending judgment was coming. And it was coming because they had rejected the prophets, they had rejected Jesus, and they had rejected His messengers. It was fixing to leave and go to the Gentiles. Let's put it in one word like this. Ichabod. Y'all know what that means? The glory's left. The glory's left. It's left the room. Left the building. It's gone. The Jewish people are not fixing to have the gospel preached to them anymore. It's going to go to the Gentiles. The destruction of the temple is on the rise. And they don't even know it. They had no idea what was coming for them. Portions of Matthew 24 are going to be fulfilled in 70 AD. We know that. It's going to be fulfilled before their very eyes. The gospel now is being presented to them. And it's about to be directed elsewhere. They're about to be dispersed to, to, to the ends of the earth. The, the great killing of what happened in 70 AD that everybody talks about, like people talk about 70 AD in passing as if it's just a, just a date. Well, this died out and this doesn't happen anymore and this and this and this. But if we go back and we understand what happened in 70 AD and how, how bad it was, I think we would take the judgment of God a little bit more serious. Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 10, and Romans chapter 11 is all about the Gentiles being brought into God's grace. Being grafted in as wild olives. They are now being grafted in because of the rejection by the Jews. Paul spoke to the Romans in that 9, 10, and 11. They're beautiful passages. But they're hard to hear to understand that the Jewish people had been snapped off, been broken off. Because of their constant rejection. To the truth. And the Gentile, those wild olives, those wild olive branches are now being grafted in. And we're fixing to see that in our text. As we start today, we look back 
and Jewish history. Sorry, I got a piece of ice that keeps coming out of this lid. Y'all just bear with me. <laughs> we look back at Jewish history. We see the destruction of the Jewish temple coming. The great slaughter is on its way. They don't know it. Just like we don't know when Christ is coming today. You following? They didn't know it then. And we don't know when Christ is coming today. But there is a promise that He will return. What was taking place in Jerusalem, what was taking place in the region was utter chaos. And the Lord was like, I've had enough. Romans came in, leveled it. Look around you. Look out into the world. Do we not see utter chaos today? It is utter chaos. If we can discern how wicked things are today, why can we not discern that the Lord is coming soon? And with His return comes a judgment of the likes that we've never seen before. We view our world around us. We see clearly the wickedness. It's at an all-time high. Worldwide. The time for sowing the gospel will soon be over. Do we get that? I don't think that we grasp or understand that. The time for faith will soon be over. The time for sharing the Word of God, the precious gold of Jesus Christ, the precious gospel, for sharing that, that soon will be done. We take it for granted how beautiful it is. We take for granted how lovely the gospel is. How lovely Jesus Christ truly is. We take it for granted, but I promise you this, it's going to be taken away one day. When our Lord returns, there will be no more sharing of the gospel. My sowing will be done. Casey bought me a, a figurine. It's like just this little statue in my... It's on the kitchen uh, counter. And it's a man with, a, with a, a farmer's hat on. And he's got a bag and he's got seeds in it. And he's sowing seeds. I walk by it every day. And I think about it every day. That work will be done one day. No more to happen again. And so here in the text, we have Paul and we have Barnabas doing just that. But the Jews are rejecting him. Both of them. And so it's fixing to go to the Gentiles. But there is some good news during all of this and what's taking place. I know this before we go any further that the Lord 
will return. Do you believe that? The Scripture tells us if you believe the Word of God, that our Lord will soon appear from heaven with His holy angels in flaming fire. He will appear and He will gather from the four corners of the earth those that love Him. Those that are called by Him. Those that serve Him and those that worship Him. They will be collected. Do we believe that? Judgment will be pronounced upon the earth. Do we believe that? We don't need proof that it will happen. We have evidence from the Old Testament. You see evidence in Genesis chapter 7 where the world rejected righteous Noah and his preaching. We see evidence of it in Genesis in chapter 19 where Abraham actually interceded for Lot. Where angels were brought to get Lot and his family out of the home because impending judgment was coming and fixing to fall. The Lord had had enough of the homosexuality. He had enough of what was taking place in Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19. And he's fixing to burn it up. But before he does that, he comes and he gathers Lot, his wife and two children. So we see that impending judgment is, is real and it, and it affects. Then we see the massacre that happened to the Jews in 70 A.D. that I'm not going to get into this morning because it's, it, I, I can't. In all three instances... The messenger shined bright. Bright. Proclaiming the truth. Preachers of righteousness warning the people of impending judgment. The Lord is sending His preachers out, His ministers to proclaim good news, to call whosoever will come, to call whosoever will believe, and He is still doing that today. But that, ladies and gentlemen, will stop. It will. I believe it will be in my lifetime. See, we don't know when our Savior will come back. And they didn't know when Rome would attack them. But they knew it would be soon because they weren't going to put up with the foolishness no more. The Lord's not going to put up with the foolishness no more. He's going to come back and collect His church. And I fully believe that. I received a text this morning from my good friend, brother in Christ, Reed Walters, and he texts me every Sunday. And it was another C.H. Spurgeon quote. I don't know why he's sending me these quotes the last, last few, few, few Sundays, Sunday mornings, but he has. And this one said this, and it's, it's, it's so true. And this is what's taking place. And I love it because it goes right with what our text says today which I've not got into yet. This is by C.H. Spurgeon. He says, Preach Christ. That is the magnet. That is the magnet. He will draw His own to Himself. 
Preach Christ. That is the magnet. He will draw his own to himself. Paul and Barnabas were sent on an errand. They were sent on an errand by the Lord. They were called to go and to preach and to throw out this magnet. This is what is happening in our text. They're preaching the gospel, holding up this magnet, holding up this gospel Jesus magnet, preaching the gospel. And you know who will respond to it? Metal. <laughs> metal. The metal, the metal magnets pull metal to you, don't they? And so the metal shavings that are out there in the world, they may be under a bush, they may be under on the side of a road somewhere, they may walk in the back of the church off the road. But there's metal shavings laying around everywhere. And our job and our responsibility is to go and to, to bring this gospel magnet and to throw it out into the world and to see what we catch. That is our job. That is our goal. Paul and Barnabas were sent in the Poseidon of Antioch as they were sent into Perga, as they were sent into Cyprus, as they were sent into Antioch in Syria. And their responsibility was to go and to throw this gospel magnet. They didn't know who they would draw. They didn't know who would believe. They were obedient to their master and they went. So in our text, we're fixing to see a separation. And this is what happens with magnets. This is what happens. You put a magnet on the ground in a bunch of sand, you're looking for nails so you don't drive over them. It's not going to pick the sand up, it's going to pick the iron up, it's going to pick the steel up. The metal. Because that's what it's intended for. And so here we have in our text Paul and Barnabas, and what they are doing is they are holding up this wonderful magnet. You ever seen those people that stand on bridges and throw giant magnets into the river? On YouTube and on different channels? Anybody? Judy has. Ian has. Thank you. You know what I'm talking about. They stand there. Magnet fishing. Yes. They stand there and they throw these giant magnets into the river or into creeks, bodies of water, and they pull out all sorts of garbage. It looks like garbage, but to them it's like their treasure. To the world, Anthony Wood, who came in the other night, looked like garbage. He was rough. You could tell he was in the world, he was weathered. He needed to bathe, he'd been on the street. But what if he was one of those metal shavings that that magnet was drawing? The last time I checked in Matthew 9, Christ ate with sinners. Didn't he? And so Paul and Barnabas are here and they're throwing this gospel magnet. They're throwing this, this, this magnet and a separation is fixing to take place. Listen to what it says in 42. And as they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next day. 
what's happening among the Jews. A people are being called by the grace of God. This is what's happening. In 42, a people are being called by the grace of God. Paul knew that the Jews as a whole were obstinate. He knew that they were hard-hearted. But he preached to the Jews first, together, those that were appointed to eternal life. Just as 48 tells us about the Gentiles. You say, Brother Matthew, that's pretty hard doctrine. He just went there to preach to those that were to appoint, that were already appointed to eternal life. I can't make it up. That's what the word says. Look at verse 48. Down there at the end of it. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. This is what Paul and Barnabas are doing amongst the Jews. There are lost sheep amongst the people. Paul and Barnabas go to share the gospel with them. This is the response in our text. Some are called into salvation while others reject it altogether. They've been rejecting it since the beginning and they will continue to reject it until the Lord returns. You cannot get them to wake up. You cannot get them to become alive. You cannot get them to be born again. I don't care if you give your left arm. It ain't going to happen. They reject it because they're dead. They don't want to have anything to do with it. The response is the same. Some are called unto salvation. They receive it. While others altogether reject it. So third, the I had the first response, the first response last week uh, was, this is, this is point three, okay? So there was a response and the people were saved. It is clear in the text. We had the, the warning that was issued. We had the gospel that was preached. And now here the third is the response and that people are truly saved. It's clear in the text. Listen to what it says in verse 43. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, this was on the same day, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. What happened? I hope you didn't miss it. That day, Jews and those proselytes that had came to Judaism... There were, and it doesn't tell us how many, but there were those that believed what Paul and Barnabas were saying. They received it by faith. In other words, Paul wouldn't have told them to continue in the grace of God. They were saved. And so here this separation takes place. People were called out from amongst those Jewish people. They were called out unto salvation. So the response happens. It is clear. There were some that were saved. Listen to what it says. Fourth point. This is my fourth point. Following last Sunday, this is my fourth point. Notice about the people. They were hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Why? Why were they hungering and thirsting after righteousness? Let me explain it. Because they had been born again. They had been born again. This is what newborn babies do. 
They cry for milk. This is elementary. It also goes against everything in culture nowadays, which is really bizarre, but babies crave and they cry for milk. They have to have it. Their little bodies need it. So it is true that those who are born again crave and cry for the Word of God to grow thereby. This is what Paul and Barnabas are doing. They are preaching to them and the people are born again and they say, no, don't leave us. Preach more to us. Give us more. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 says this, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word of God that you may grow thereby. These Jews that had believed in Christ and salvation craved the same milk of the Word the following Sabbath. Listen to what it says in 42. As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. They had a desire. They had a craving. They had a longing for what had been said. They wanted to hear it again and again and again. Just as babies need milk about 17 times a day. They wanted to hear it over and over and over. They begged for Paul and Barnabas to come back and tell it again. What's taking place? That separation is taking place. Separation from those that they're around, but also a separation from the law. The law had lost its flavor to them. Something new was taking place in their heart. The law had lost its flavor, its, its savory taste at one time that they, that they could have by, by going out and, and doing, doing the law. That was no good to them anymore. They had tasted and seen of Jesus Christ. They had tasted who He was. The good news had become like honey to their tongue and it had become like, like milk to the inner man or bread to the, to the body. They had tasted something new. So they begged for Paul and Barnabas to come back and to say the same thing over. They begged for it. They longed for the Word of God. They wanted more of Christ, and today there are those that still crave Christ. They still crave Him. They followed the law at one time, and their legalistic attitudes and hypocritical hearts, sticking to the law to try to fulfill it by the letter, but were introduced to the Savior. And by the grace of God, we're saved. And they still crave Him. There are people that still crave Him today. Maybe not like they did when they first, as people grow, as babies grow. I don't even hardly drink milk anymore. 
I still like to eat. Right? <laughs> I still eat. I still like to go back to that, that one place where I know I can get that food, that refrigerator, without the RE in the front of it, refrigerator. Y'all all know where it's at in your house, right? Sally, you know where the refrigerator is in your house? That's right, because you go and you stand there with it open and look at it like, it, like you don't... It's, it's, it's a mystery to you. My kids, they open the door and they stand there and they stare at it like it's, it's just epiphany, like something's going off in their head. And I'm like, why is the door open? Just looking. Why is that? I'll tell you why it is. Because that's where they find food. That's where they eat. They go to the refrigerator. They know where it's at. Then there are those that are on fire for the Lord and they have a huge appetite for Christ. They can't get enough of Him. They do their Bible studies during the day and they do multiples. Because they've tasted and they've seen and they understand that it's not just milk anymore, but it's strong meat as well. They want the doctrines of Christ. They want all of the things that, that's in God's Word. They want the protein, Judy says. I want the protein. I'm a meat eater. I love to eat meat. Casey will tell you that. She cooks a, a meal with things in it and there's no meat. And I'm like, where's the meat? <laughs> where's the red meat? White meat? Gray meat? Where is it? You know? There are those that want that. Now pay attention. I'm just about done. I want you to get this. Then there are those that have professed Christ but have zero appetite for who He is or what He has done for them. They don't beg for the reading of the Word. They don't beg for the preaching of the Word. They don't receive. They don't learn. They don't long. They don't want it. But they've professed it. But they have zero desire for it. Anything that pertains to Christ, they don't want. You see it in their life. You see it in their daily walk. They say that they're of Christ. They come into the building, but go into the world and never speak of Him. Go into the world and never desire Him. They don't have a new appetite. And the reason why they don't have a new appetite is because they've not been born again. Plain and simple. Those that have been born again will have a new appetite. They will crave the sincere milk of the Word of God. Say, Pastor, this is a hard sermon. Yes, it is. I guarantee you this, those mamas that had them babies in 70 AD, I bet they would have been, wished they'd have been paying attention when Christ was on the earth. When the teachers and the preachers came through and the prophets spoke. As I pray you will too today. Fifth and finally, let me, let me say this, fifth and finally. 
Paul and Barnabas urged them to continue in something that had already been started. It had already been started in them. Listen to what it says in 43. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism, they followed Paul and Barnabas, who as they spoke with them, this is what they urged them. And this has been the year for this as a child of God. This is what they urged them. They urged them to continue in the grace of God. In other words, they tell the new converts to press on in the grace of God. They're coming back. They're coming back next, next Sabbath. They'll be right back. Until then, press on. And I tell you the same today. Until then, until we come back and until we come back to meet again, I urge you to press on. Our church has experienced more pains and more hard times in the last year than I have ever seen in the past seven years, almost seven years that I've been here. In each family, last year has been hard, really, really hard. Don't ever attempt to take it on without the spiritual nourishment of the Word of God in Christ Jesus. So here in our text, we see that separation. The people are separating there. There begins to be an enmity between them. Some are going after Christ while others are going to hang back and have nothing to do with him. And that's where our text ends this morning. In verse 44, that begins the next Sabbath. And look at what it says, and I'm done. Almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Paul and Barnabas preached, and they preached hard. When the people wouldn't receive them, they shook the dust off, and we're going to see that next time. Good news is that there were people there that they were sent for. There were metal shavings there that needed to be drawn out, out from underneath the bushes and out from underneath the dirt and the dust. Those silver coins that were laying in the corner, they had to be pulled out. And we know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is what does that. I can't do, I can't do it and you can't do it. It's only Jesus that can do it. And so today, we, we do see that separation in the text. We see the gospel preached. But we also see some things unfolding that are not all that pretty. That are not all that pretty. Imagine if you didn't hear ever again the good news of Jesus. If you didn't hear ever again how wonderful his name is. If that was taken from you, if that was removed out of your life, what would it mean to you? Some of us, it would hurt terribly. Others could probably care less. 
Examine your heart. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, Lord, and as we've looked at this text, we have noticed that it, you were preached. Lord, the warning was given. The separation took place. Lord, all of these things happened. They had a desire for your word. And we're told to continue in the grace. 